good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Hub Today presents Mom to Mom. I'm Maria Sansone, and you guys, I am so excited today because the fabulous Holly Robinson-Pete is joining me in studio. Now, you might recognize her from shows like 21 Jump Street or Hanging with Mr. Cooper and a million other things. She is an actress, an author, an autism advocate, and probably most importantly, a proud mom of four. Now, earlier this year, she earned a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is incredible. And even more recent, she published her second children's book with her son, RJ, called Charlie Makes a Splash. And she is here now to dish on all of it. And Holly, I haven't seen you in so long. This is so exciting. How are you? Maria, it's so great to see you. I've missed you. And I, I want to see you in person, but this is this is going to work for today. This <laughs> is going to work. So for those of you out there, many moons ago, well, not so many moons ago, I hosted a show in LA and Holly would often come and co-host with us. And I think, and this is appropriate for mom to mom because it takes a village. I think when I was on maternity leave, you actually sat in for me. So, you I, know. I did. And every time, it was crazy. Every time I went on that show, I got pregnant afterwards. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, what was that, Maria? Like, Same here. I, I think I started going on that show when I had two kids and ended up with four. So it's anyway. something about the seat. Yeah, I wound up with two kids and now here I am in Boston. Um, so anyway, it Love is it. so great to see your face. Um, and this has been such a big year for you. Congratulations. How are you feeling right now? Star on the Walk of Fame, new book. Things seem to be things seem to be happening. I feel great. I have to say, I think it's awesome. You know, when you've been toiling around this business for as long as I have since, gosh, for almost, you know, four, coming up on five decades, it's like, it's great to to culminate and have great things happen. The Hollywood star thing was surreal. Um, when I came to LA from Philadelphia many years ago and walked along that boulevard, I remember looking down going, maybe I could get one of these one day. Of course, I never thought I would. Yeah. So to get that this summer was really extra special. And it wasn't just for your longevity in the business, but it was also for the community service. And that is such a huge part of your story and what you have done for autism and Parkinson's. So that had to feel amazing. It did. And you know, Maria, I didn't realize that that was a huge criteria to get a star or to be considered for a star that I thought it was just how many movies or TV shows you did or how long you've been in the business. But there's a huge community uh, element to it and a community service element. And that made me feel great because that is definitely uh, my lane. So it was great to be, be recognized for all the shows and the movies. But to, for what I've been able to give back to the community over the last uh, four decades is pretty cool. It's incredible. So how is Rodney? How's the family? How are things? Girl, Let's just get that taken care of. I know everybody's good. good. A, a quick rundown. Rodney's doing great. He's on the radio out here on AM 570 doing sports radio. Keeping He's loving that. Great for an ex-athlete. They can talk about it, right? Still stay in the mix. And, um, you know, kid, RJ, who my son with autism, who, you know, was, you know, um, got his uh, World Series ring with the Dodgers as a clubhouse attendant. We didn't quite finish this year, sadly, but um, we, uh, it's amazing because they hired inclusively. I always love the Dodgers for hiring my son with autism. And when he was three, we were told he would never have meaningful employment. So that is pretty cool. And, uh, I have a son, middle son who's living in Japan now. And wow. it's, you know, I don't know what happened all of a sudden there. I just have adults. 
I don't know how you keep it all straight with four kids. I mean, that's enough to make anyone like crazy. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about the book. I want to talk about Charlie Makes a Splash. This was yeah. really important. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Well, Charlie Makes a Splash is a companion piece to a book that I co-wrote with my daughter almost 13 years ago um, called My Brother Charlie. So this is the follow-up to that. And we wrote My Brother Charlie years ago because when RJ was diagnosed with autism, we didn't see any books from big publishers, publishing houses about autism. And it's so prevalent. It was like, why don't we see this? So we wrote one. And then all these years later, we wanted to write another book. But this time I co-authored it with RJ, who's always trying to find his own lane to self-advocate. And so it was really important to, to have him be a co-author. And I'm just so thrilled that um, Charlie Makes a Splash is out now. It is all about how Water makes him feel so good in his body, how he was the best swimmer. He couldn't, he didn't have friends growing up. He didn't have a lot of things growing up, um, you know, socially, but water made him feel great, whether it was the aquarium or swimming or bath time. And so we decided to write this book um, talking about water and autism. And many times, a lot of our kids um, who are on the autism spectrum gravitate towards water, sometimes in dangerous ways. So mm -hmm. in the back of the book, we, we definitely talk about the importance of uh, swimming safety, water safety, and making sure your child is aware or knows how to swim and deal with water. So very excited about this book, especially the back matter, which really talks about, you know, autism and, and sort of gives us some help to families who are newly diagnosed. Speaking of, I know there's a lot of families who are going through that at this very moment. They may even be watching this. So if if you could take us back to that day and and what that day was like for your family and what you were going through. Well, Maria, you've heard me tell the story a thousand times, but we call that the never day. And the reason why is the day RJ was diagnosed is because the the pediatrician, bless her heart, just stood there and listed off all these things that RJ would never do. And he was only three. So I think if um, if that happens, well, sometimes parents get hopeless. What you want to do is get proactive. You want to get a team cultivated around your child. You want to be team RJ. And anybody who's not on that team, they can they can kick rocks. I'm sorry, like because time is important. That window of intervention is very important. So when you get the autism diagnosis, you got to go to work for your child. Um, and so. Uh, I know what it was like to get that diagnosis. It was devastating for us. Um, but I look up 20 plus years later, I see my son thriving, driving, doing things that I never thought he would do or I was told he would never do. And you just never give up hope. You just stay on your kid's team and you ride it out. If you could go back in time now, knowing what you know, what would you whisper into Holly's ear on that day? I would say, girl, calm down. Chill out, relax, um, breathe, and it's okay to grieve and be sad about something. You don't, you know, when autism hits you, you don't, that's not what you're expecting. We were rookie parents, right? We had a set of twins first and then to get this diagnosis. But give yourself a break because you're doing the best you can and you're working hard to support and, 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 and advocate for your child. And sometimes it can get tough. You know, Maria, I always say that, you know, after all these years, you know, and I would never change RJ for the world, but I would always try to change the world for RJ. So I tell people, get out there, advocate, not just for your child, but for other people in your church, in your community that maybe aren't as 
ferocious or, or gangster, as I call myself, as you. You are the OG. You are the OG. You put your money where your mouth is, and that is the truth. Yes, you know me. Yes, I am. I mean, very early on, when people weren't talking about this, it wasn't commonplace. You and your husband were out there talking about autism, and I think just that awareness is so important, right? Oh, it's so important. And, you know, now what we're doing as, as you know, with our Hollyrod Foundation, with um, as RJ grows, the foundation grows, right? So we realized as he, you know, early on, we were doing a lot of, and we still do a lot of communication devices and, and special needs camps and, and we fund a lot of that. But now we realize how important it is to hire these young people when they become adults. They're, they're brilliant in their own way. They process the world differently. You want someone like that on your team. And so, you know, hiring inclusively is so important. So I urge, um, corporations or anybody who might be watching, if you're thinking about hiring someone who has autism, someone um, autistic on the spectrum, you might need to look into that because that could become the best team member and could really be valuable. And um, so diversity in hiring is so important. And that's a lot of what we're working on now at Hollywood Foundation. Hey, if you like mom to mom and you're a fan of The Hub today, you've got to sign up for our new newsletter. It's called The Hubbub, and it is delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday morning. We've got great mom to mom content on there, recipes, and all kinds of cool stuff. So all you have to do to sign up is go to NBCBoston.com slash newsletters and click on The Hubbub. I want to talk about the Hollyrod Foundation because... I mean, it's just such an institution. So you started the Hollyrod Foundation because of your dad, right, having Parkinson's. So it was kind of to spread awareness about that. Now, if you don't know about Holly's dad, by the way, he was <laughs> Gordon on Sesame Street, you guys. The <laughs> OG, Maria, truly, the original Gordon. <laughs> truly the OG. Um, yes, so so yes. he had Parkinson's, and that's really why you created the foundation to start with. Yeah. Well, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's in the 80s. He was only in his mid 40s. There was no Muhammad Ali coming out with his Parkinson's yet. No Michael J. Fox yet. Like we didn't have we had no idea what Parkinson's disease was back then. And I as a as a freshman in college, I mean, I, I almost dropped out of school to take care of my dad. I actually was a freshman as a caregiver at the same time at 19. And it was crazy when I think about it all these years later. My dad's been gone for 20 years, but um, my brother now has Parkinson's. He's in his early 60s. Um, and so we support uh, Parkinson's families um, by doing caregiver support and exercise, boxing classes. Moving is so important. And this is something that my dad didn't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so it's great to see my brother taking advantage of some of the things that we know now with his Parkinson's. So yeah, that's how we started uh, with um, Hollyrod. That's how we started. And then when the autism came or when my son was diagnosed with autism, we expanded our mission to support those families as well. Wow. You don't stop. <laughs> just like, you don't either, Maria. We can't stop. We just keep moving, right? Can't we just stop, keep won't stop. Um, is nope. it true that Sesame Street was your first TV appearance? So you were on with dad? Yes, it's true. As a matter of fact, it was my first time on and I had one line and I blew my one line. I was oh, supposed no. to say, I'm still, I'm still bitter. 50 something years later, what was the I was line? supposed to say hi. I was supposed to say hi, Gordon, but I kept saying hi, daddy. 
Of course, of course. That's what and, a six-year-old does, right? Listen, when you're that age, I was too busy trying to prove to everybody that he was my daddy because I was confused. Can you imagine? Like t- TV was, Sesame Street was huge. And then my dad was this big star and he wasn't home a lot. And so I was like, and he was kind of a wife on there. There was Susan and there was a little girl he was holding her hand. So I was a little salty. I was a salty daughter. So I think I was trying to make a point with the high daddy. I was so happy because <laughs> there was someone named Maria on the show. And yes, I didn't have Maria. a lot of Maria. Yes. You didn't see a lot of Maria's. And that yeah. was the brilliance of Sesame Street yeah. was the diversity and the beginning of that. So just an iconic show that I'm very proud that my father um, introduced to the world. What a legacy. I had one of the Gordon little dolls that I would play with, the little plastic doll with the bald head. Oh, yeah. Had no oh, idea yeah. that was, you know, your dad. Anyway. Well, my dad, Maria, because you're a little younger than me, my dad was the original Gordon. So Roscoe Orman, who we love, is the bald Gordon. So he came on like about four years in. My dad was the OG OG. He had these big pork chop sideburns and this big afro. So, so he was the original, original Gordon. We're talking early, like 70s then. Oscar was orange. Put it that way. He wasn't even green yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is a part of TV history. That is so The more exciting. you know. The more you know. So yeah. speaking of TV, um, so you took that career from a six-year-old getting your line wrong and you ended up, you did, you did okay. You did okay for did yourself. All right. Did all right. Did all right. <laughs> You've had incredible longevity. Um, where are you now? What's going on in the TV world? Oh, really excited about all my work with Hallmark Channel. Loving making these Christmas movies. Yes. I just finished Hallmark Channel's very first Kwanzaa-themed movie called um, Holiday Heritage. That's going to air December 16th. Um, we celebrate Kwanzaa with the kids growing up. They're all adults and all over the place now. But But when they were younger, we celebrated. So I really love that. Um, holiday. It's really about empowerment and, and cultural awareness and celebrating the ancestors. And uh, and so I really, I raised my kids doing that. So when they came to me and said, hey, we're doing a Kwanzaa movie, I was like, and you want to be in it? I was like, yeah. And so I've loved this sort of season of my career doing these movies for Hallmark Channel. I enjoy it. You know, when your name's Holly, why shouldn't you do Christmas movies? I know. Oh gosh, that's like a dream of mine. I just love yeah. the costumes. Yeah. I mean, and is it too soon to start watching? I mean, I think we're we're in the season. No, I think we can countdown to Christmas is in full, full effect right now. And and it's never too soon. Um, I saw Mariah Carey the other day. <laughs> I was like, Halloween is over and it's time for her season. I understand it. And that's how we are at Hallmark Channel too. We were just really excited to bring the joy of Christmas. And these movies are so much fun to make. And the only thing is like, by the time Christmas comes, I feel like I've already celebrated Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's a little confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't compete with those Hallmark Channel movie sets. Like the decor is next level. So I don't even try at home. I saw a statistic <laughs> though, that the earlier you put up your holiday decorations, the happier you are. I totally agree. And by the way, over 2020, I was that lady who left her tree up all year for some joy. So I don't mind saying that. We finally took it down in 2021. The kids were like, mom, we're not bringing our friends over. This is embarrassing. I know. I used to wait. I used to wait till after Thanksgiving. And then during the pandemic, I'm like, if that makes your heart sing to put a tree up in July, you go and do that. Whatever it it takes. I mean, those were some, those were some, some dark days right there. Dark times, dark days. And we needed what we needed. Um, So yeah, I will be taking it down just after New Year's this year. Um, But uh, back on schedule, but very excited about Holiday Heritage. That airs um, December on Hallmark Channel. And you've been taking on some roles behind the camera, too. How has that been? 
Oh, it's been great. Just being an executive producer of some of these projects has been awesome because then you get to work soup to nuts, right? You get, you get to develop the story, take a story that's important to you. For instance, we did an autism story, a um, Christmas story for Hallmark as well. And that was obviously very close to my heart. I really wanted to hire a young um, autistic actor to come on and play this part. And so I was in you know, involved in that, all of that. And it, it's great. I love being involved in the creative process from soup to nuts. And then when the movie comes on, you just, you're involved in the look of it and the script and the actors and the casting and all of that. So that's been awesome. Speaking of longevity in Hollywood, you and your husband, I don't know how, I, what is the secret? Because first of all, you've had a reality show too. And most reality show couples, we know the statistics, like it's not a good thing. Well, Maria, there's the little caveat is our reality show was on Hallmark Channel, so it was a little <laughs> it was a little kinder and gentler. True. But, but just a Hollywood couple in general, it's very but, hard. But still when you're working with your spouse too, that can be stressful. Yeah. You know, I think the secret sauce is just, you know, it sounds so cliche, but it's communication and staying on the same page. Mm -hmm. Constantly talking about how you're feeling. And it does it sometimes it's not sexy. You know, if you're, you know, to constantly talk about your feelings, but um, we do something, Maria, that's, oh my gosh, it's pretty crazy, but I'm going to tell you the secret. So we do something called a 20 second hug. Okay. When we're fired up and mad at each other, and yes, we do fight and we've had our issues, right? We hug each other for 20, each one of us can ask for a 20 second hug at any time. And when you hug someone for 20 seconds, no words, there's something about the pheromones that take over and you like, you relax and calm down by 15. Now, one through 10 is a little tough if you're really mad at somebody. Your teeth are gritted and you're hugging them. But we found that this 20 second hug really works for us. And by the time you get to 19, you're like, oh, now what was I mad about again? And by the time you get to 20, well, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> right. You know, wonka wonka, you know, we can, get, we can do something. So I, I, it works for us. It makes us laugh. It makes us sort of remember what's what we, you know, what's important. Um, and granted, it ain't, you know, the cure all, cure all, but it's been really helpful for us for just diffusing conflict. Hey, if you like mom to mom and you're a fan of The Hub today, you've got to sign up for our new newsletter. It's called The Hubbub, and it is delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday morning. We've got great mom to mom content on there, recipes, and all kinds of cool stuff. So all you have to do to sign up is go to NBCBoston.com slash newsletters and click on The Hubbub. Holly, four kids, and now they're grown out into the real world. I can't even only imagine. have one. Only have my baby is 17. Like, how did that happen? Like, wait a second. How is that possible, Maria, when I'm only 35? Right? How is this possible? So I'm at a different phase here. I've got a kindergartner and a third Ooh. grader. So oh. what is ahead for me? Like, what what are these days like for you? What is it like being a mom at this season in your life? Oh, I love it. Um you know, I'm technically like supposed to be a few months out of being an empty nester, but I don't see that happen. Like they're still here and they're very happy being here. And quite honestly, if I'm being honest, like I think I had this view of like being an empty nester where, you know, we would, you know, me and Rodney would be running around chasing each other around a dining room table. And I think I like these adults. I think I like being around them. 
I think I like hanging with them. And um, so I haven't really put too much pressure on them as far as, you know, you got to go. But uh, they come and go, right? They they go off and do things and do jobs and they come back. And I'm good with that. So it's not what I thought it would be right now. I thought it would be, um, you know, a little a little bit more like, oh, Rodney and I are, you know, rediscovering each other. But it's not. It's It's really a shift in having these adults and we're a good team, right? I love being around them. And uh, it's so it's a little different than I thought, but I like it. But isn't that what you've worked so hard for? I feel like as parents, our goal is to raise kids that we want to hang out with when they get older. I like the fact that they want to hang out with me. Like they still like me and want to hang out with me. Um, You're right. I mean, the idea is you're supposed to groom those birds to fly out of the nest and be uh, comfortable and navigate the world and be advocates, advocates for themselves. But, you know, everything works out the way it's supposed to be. And I look at RJ, he's, you know, 25. And again, this was a boy we were told with his autism, he would have all these struggles and he has, but he's overcome so many things. And I'm, he talked about moving out and I don't know that I'm the one that wants him to. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure I can handle that. Um, but in the end, you know what? It's just, it's a blessing to have these, these four humans and, um, and and I love them so much. I love I love hanging out with them. And you know, it's important to me that we're all just on Team Pete. And we're just Team Pete. With we're all Team Pete forever. Yes. Um, all right. Before I let you go, I want to do a little mom to mom rapid fire. I do this with a lot of the guests that come on. I just hit you with a question. You give me the first thing that comes to mind. Just like boom. Um, your style of momming. Gangster. <laughs> the kid that you text the most. Oh, RJ. Kid that you call the most. No, kid that calls you the most. That's what I want to know. Good question. Kid that calls me the most. Gotta be Ryan, my daughter, my one daughter. That's good. Last thing that you Googled. The last thing that I Googled. Oh my gosh. Japan. Because we're headed there to see. Yeah, we're on the way to see my middle son who lives there, Maria. Oh, you're going to have a blast. I've never been. I cannot wait. Oh, best trip ever. We'll exchange notes after. Um, Okay. The thing on your to-do list that's on your mind right now, like at night, that thing that's keeping you up, like, I got to do this. Well, uh, emptying my storage. Mm, Organizing. I am so tired of paying rent for my junk. (laughs) Yes. Get rid of it. Read Marie Kondo's Get rid of it. Um, yes. All right. Last movie you saw in theaters. Oh, well, The Woman King. Greatest mom win. Oh, greatest mom win. Oh, there's so many of them. Um, I would have to say um, when my daughter graduated from college. She was my first college graduate. Love it. What a perfect place to put a little bow on this. Holly, thank you so much for your time today. It is so good to see you again. Please let everyone know where they can find you. I know you're on Instagram and where they can find the book, Charlie Makes a Splash. Yes, I'm on at Holly R. Pete, P-E-E-T-E, um, all over social media. And yes, Charlie Makes a Splash is available everywhere. Um, if you get one, please um, consider buying one for a family, a needy family or your school library, just to spread the awareness about autism um, so that we can get more people on board with autism acceptance. And how great for kids on the spectrum to see a kid like that in a book. Well done. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. 